Hello everyone and welcome back to the Scouting God Podcast. In this podcast, we're going to try to read all the Mary Badge books that Scouting has to offer. In this episode, we are going to be reading the Communication Mary Badge book. In the description, as always, I will provide links to the Mary Badge books on Amazon and a link to the pamphlet as well. If you have any questions or suggestions about the podcast, please email me at scoutinggodpodcast at gmail.com. And this is part two, so if you're following along, we're on page 27. Now, let's begin. The five-minute speech. A short speech consists of an introduction, the main body, and a closing. Your goal for requirement three is to introduce yourself and hook your listeners, deliver information so that the audience understands it, and end in a memorable way. The trick is know what you are going to say and organize it well. Your speech will be better if you choose a topic that you are personally familiar with and know about. A good way to start a speech is to tell an audience or a story, which, which, which audiences love to hear. Telling a personal story allows the audience to feel comfortable with you and helps you relax before the start of your main presentation. When you have finished a simple outline, write the main points and some additional minor points on numbered index cards. Do not write out your speech or try to memorize it word for word. That will result in a stiff-sounding presentation. You want your speech to flow naturally as it would in a conversation. Practice your speech. Do it in front of a mirror, the shower, while riding your bike, almost anywhere. You will find that the words flow much more naturally to you after you have gone over the speech a few times. Finally, ask a family member or friend to listen to your speech and give you ideas for improvement. As you speak, remember to look at your audience and smile. Keep your notes in handy in case you need to refer to them. Tips for interviewing and introducing a guest speaker. Let's say you have a neighbor who is a police detective. To fulfill requirement four, you would like to interview her and prepare an introduction to deliver to your counselor, as though she were to be a guest speaker in your next troop meeting. You will need to show your counselor how how to invite your neighbor to speak at the meeting. Here is how you could approach the task. Call your neighbor on the telephone. Have a small notebook and a pen with you when you make the call. Tell the neighbor that you are a Boy Scout and ask her politely if you could interview her as a part of your communication merit badge requirements. Explain that the requirements include interviewing and preparing to introduce a guest speaker. If she agrees to help you, ask if it is a good camera talk. If she says yes, ask her about her background and take notes. It is not a good t- if it's not a good time, you might have to call back again. Here are some questions that will help you prepare an introduction. Do not be afraid to ask the person politely to slow down or repeat a statement if you were not able to write down the information fast enough. 1. What is your full name and profession title? 2. How long have you been in your current position? 3. What are your duties? 4. What position did you have before this one? 5. What do you like best about your career? 6. What is the most difficult challenge you face in your position? 7. What activities or interests do you enjoy when you are not working? 8. Did you go to college or receive special training? 9. Is there anything else you would like to tell me about yourself? Based off of the person's answers, write a short introduction of the speaker. Stick to the most important and interesting facts. You do not have to tell everything you learned. Write a few key points on index cards that you can use as reminders. Keep your introduction short. Practice it several times. When you and your buddy meet with your counselor to show how you would introduce the speaker, bring your index cards. The cards can help you remember details that you would like to include about that person. Stand up, go to the front of the room, 
and address the audience. Your counselor knows you, so keep this informal. Then give a brief introduction to the speaker and sit down. Here's an example. Thanks for coming out today. Our special guest speaker is Detective Kate Moore, a 10-year veteran with the Minneapolis Police Department. Detective Moore has solved many puzzling crimes in our area. She has a bachelor's degree in law enforcement from Iowa State University. When she is not working, she teaches karate and coaches Little League Baseball. Detective Moore has, has gradually agreed to speak with us today about her position and other career opportunities in law enforcement. Please welcome Detective Kate Moore conducting a more in-depth interview. You might have a chance to interview someone about a more important subject. This could happen because you have a class assignment or are writing an article for your school newspaper. An in-depth interview is a good way to conduct research, watch broadcast journalists interview people on TV, notice how they show that they are paying attention to the person that they are interviewing, see how they phrase questions to get good responses. Here are some pointers. Decide what information you need and whom to interview to get it. Research the topic of the interview. Learn as much as possible about it before you start asking questions. Take notes. If you want to record the conversation using audio or video, ask for permission first. Even if you do record the interview, take notes. Recorders do not always work. If you want to record the interview, practice in advance with the equipment you plan to use. Make sure the batteries are changed or new or that the interview, interview site has a place to plug in your equipment. How close to the recorder should the speaker be to make a good recording? Prepare your questions in advance. Use a closed-ended question to get a specific answer. For example, how many weeks did you work on your Eagle Service project? We'll get a more precise answer than, how hard was it to get your Eagle Service project? If you contact the person by phone, ask if it is a good time to talk. If it is not a good time, ask when you should call back. Start by asking the person to spell his or her name and tell you his or her title. Speak clearly and slowly so that the person can understand your questions. If you do not understand the response, ask the same question in another way. You could also state the response in your own words and to ask if you got it right. Use follow-up questions to dig more deeply into a topic. Share your hardest questions for last. By then, your subject should be more comfortable with you and more willing to answer more difficult questions. If you run out of time and you still have more questions, ask the person for permission to call back. Read your notes or and or replay your recording if you made one. As soon as you can after the interview. While the conserva- conservation conversation is still fresh in your mind, rewrite or type your notes for easier reading. Report an event objectively. With your counselor and your parents' approval, attend a public meeting for Requirement 5. You can find a list of public meetings in the local newspaper or on the local website. Take a notebook and a couple of pens or pencils to the meeting. When you arrive, pick up a meeting agenda, a list of topics to be covered, if one is available. Usually, agendas are at or near the main entrance of the meeting room. Sit near the front so that you can hear the speakers, but be ready to turn around and face people in the audience who may stand up to speak. During the meeting, think of yourself as a witness or observer. Try not to judge what people are saying or from an opinion about the topic or discussion. Do not be swayed towards one side or the other. Just listen attentively and quietly, and record what individuals say about the topic. 
bring home the agenda at the end of the meeting. As soon as you can, after you get home, when the meeting is so fresh on your mind and you can easily remember what people said, write a report of the meeting. Reread the agenda to help you recall what happened. Make the report as unbiased and factual as possible. Focus on topics that were debated or discussed. For example, imagine that you attended a city council meeting. The city council discussed six proposals, but only one of them, whether to turn a city park into a much-needed parking garage, became a topic of debate. Give a short summary of each proposal, but focus on the parking garage issue. When caused the discussion, report what people on all sides of the issue said and what, if any, action the council took. Stick to the facts and record a variety of viewpoints. Do not state your own opinion in the report. Did the council make a decision, or did they all agree to postpone making a decision? Did the parties com- compromise on one or more issues? Did anyone agree to take further action? Be sure to report the outcome. Be sure to record your council's actions on each agenda item, even if some items were boring. You can keep those sections of your report short. For example, if the city council voted to approve funds for to fix eight potholes on your high water road. That is all you need to say on the topic. Keep your report to one or two pages and summarize the main issues and points to view the cover at the meeting. Teaching skills and teaching aids. For requirement six, you will develop a plan to teach a skill or inform someone about a subject. Start by making an outline. Use a process similar to the one you use to prepare your short speech. As you form the outline, Think about how you could break down the subject into step-by-step instructions. Pick a subject or skill that is 1. Something you know well, and 2. Something that a friend, relative, or troop member might like to learn. Also, decide whom you will want to teach. For example, if you know a lot about knots, you could choose to teach a friend how to tie a few basic knots. First, choose 4 basic knots that are useful in different situations. Think about how you can learn to tie each one. For each knot, write an outline that lists the steps for how to tie the knot. List the best uses for each one. Next, find pictures of how each, how to tie each knot. Look at your Boy Scout handbook or other scouting resources, library books, and search the internet with your permission. You might want to enlarge these diagrams on a photocopier or computer printer to make them ease, easier for a beginner to follow. Get two pieces of rope that are long enough for knot tying, one for yourself and one for the friend you will teach. Use the ropes and the pictures are teaching aids to help your friend learn how to tie the knots. Before the teaching session, practice how you will show your friend the skill. Since this is a hand-on skill, consider whether or not it is better for one or two of you to sit side by side or across from each other. Which way will make the instruction go more smoothly? Demonstrate each slip slowly. If your friend gets confused or frustrated, slow down or start over. If something is hard for the person to master, you might have to rethink the way you are teaching, or choose an easier knot. Take a short break if the frustration level gets too high. Be cheerful and encouraged when you teach. People learn skills best if they can make mistakes without worrying that you will laugh at them or get mad. Be a positive role model. You can often make someone feel better by saying, I had the same problem when I first started trying this knot, try this. Ask whether your friend has any questions and be sure to answer them thoroughly before moving on. Before you and your buddy see your counselor to demonstrate the skill you have successfully taught, review the topic with your friend one last time. 
After the demonstration is over, meet with your counselor to discuss how well you were able to pass on your knowledge or skill to your friend. Teaching aids. The knot diagrams are examples of teaching aids. Another example of the memory trick described earlier, earlier for remembering a person's name. Another kind of memory trick is to use word or phrases called a mnemonic, pronounced mnemonic, device. By using the letter of each word and phrase, you can remember something important. For example, if you want to remember the names of the Great Lakes, just think of the word homes. Huron, Ontario, Michigan, Erie, and Superior. Teaching aids can be pictures, maps, a chalkboard, props, memory tricks, or anything else that works that you can think of that will help you teach a subject. Make the experience more hands-on and fun, or help them understand what you are saying. Will help that person learn more quickly. Activate communication and the digital revolution. As you decide how to fill, fulfill requirement 7, try something different and challenging. Letters to the editor. Many scouts write, write to the editor or the mascot Pedro of the National Scouting Publication, Boy's Life. If they choose requirement 7A, letters to Pedro are sometimes answered in the magazine by the editor-in-chief, who pretends to be Pedro. In other letters, readers of Boy's Life often address Pedro as Haybreath or Taco-Eating Mailboro. They might tell Pedro that how much they like a particular story in the magazine. At other times, they write to correct a mistake that they saw in a print or to tell Boy's Life editors about something interesting tips or campouts their troop has planned that year. All letters to the editor of any publication are carefully read. Editors who know what the readers like and dislike about their publication, they are better constantly trying to serve their readers better with what they publish. Before you write a letter to a newspaper or magazine, read the publication as well. Look at the masthead, the short section that lists the staff by names and positions. It usually has other key information, such as the newspaper or magazine's address. The masthead often is printed on the exordial page of a newspaper or near the front or the back of, of a magazine. If the masthead does not list the editor by name, address your letter, Dear Magazine Editor. Unless you are writing to Pedro, your approach should be formal. Write the person's full name, title, the name of the publication, in italics or underline, and his address in the top left-hand corner of your letter. Begin the body of your letter with Dear Mr. Last Name or Dear Miss Last Name, followed by a colon. In your first sentence, state why you are writing this letter to the editor. Here are some examples of a good opening sentence. I am writing to say how much I enjoyed Dan McLean's story on High Adventure Scout Camps. June Norton's piece on rappelling was highly informative. However, the third paragraph contained an error that could lead to an unsafe climbing situation. Back up your first statement with more details or a later explanation. If you are expressing an opinion, do, not do, do so respectfully. Do not be mean or aggressive. Back up your opinion with personal experiences and or facts that you've learned about the subject. You may want to suggest a new way to solve a problem or issue that is different from what the publication proposed. If you do this, explain your situation clearly, solution clearly. Make your letter only a few sentences long, or at the most, several paragraphs. End the letter with sincerely or best regards. Then skip four lines and type your name, address, city, state, and zip code. Spell check your letter on your computer before sending it. Print it out and read it carefully again. Make sure that you wrote it in complete sentences. 
that you started your idea or opinion clearly, and that your letter is error-free. If possible, have a parent, teacher, or older friend read your letter too. Ask this person to point out any mistakes or things that are still unclear. Do not feel offended by their remarks. Once you have fixed any mistakes, sign your name to the space you left before you typed your name and address. Digital Communication Technology is rapidly changing how we communicate and spend of the communication. The word digital refers to two numbers or digits, zero and one, that are the basic units of the computers used to process information. Digital communications is communications that use some kinds of computer technology. As of 2008, there were roughly 6.67 billion people in the world. Of those, an estimated 1.46 billion, or roughly 22% of the world, were using the internet. From 2000 to 2008, use of the internet tripled worldwide. Most of the growth involved high-speed internet, which makes it easy for transfer of video, audio, text, and photo files. Add the growing use of cell phones and other handheld electronical devices, and you can safely say we are experiencing a digital communication revolution. Thanks for listening to part two of the Communication Merit Badge book reading.